0: What up, Ring Crew Army, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Square Circle Podcast. I am your host, Marie Shadows, and on this episode of the Square Circle Podcast, we have a lot of things to cover in New Japan Pro Wrestling. If you guys have been keeping up with all of my podcast episodes dedicated to New Japan Pro Wrestling, I highly thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for sharing and leaving comments when you can. I highly appreciate it. Everything that you guys do for this podcast, get it out there and to have me on your podcast talking about professional wrestling means the world to me. And now we're going to get into some housekeeping stuff before we get into the main spoiler of this particular episode. This particular episode will be covering the last Road to Castle Attack series tour Before we jump into night one and night two of Castle Attack at Osaka Joe Hall. And I'll have the breakdown for everything there. And we can get hype about the pay-per-view. If you want to call it a pay-per-view. But we'll get hyped about the show. But before that, let me distract you guys with some housekeeping stuff. As you guys know, Chase Owens does have a Twitch account. Technically... In Japan, it's the 27th, and over here in the States, it's the 26th. And we were supposed to have a J-White Q&A. However, that had to get rescheduled to March 6, 9 a.m. Japan time. And it will be for the States March fifth 7 p.m. Eastern time. And the only reason why that happened is because Jay and Chase were talking about it, and today's show for them over in Japan starts a little bit early. The doors open up a little bit earlier, so they have to leave the hotel around 9.30 in the morning just to get over to the venue and then have the best performances of their life for night one. So that couldn't happen. So now it gets rescheduled in March, and this is a very interesting dynamic because March 7th is... Chase Owens birthday so I'm gonna make sure to shout him out on Twitter and if I happen to have another podcast within that week he gets a double shout out and you guys who are listening to my podcast if you guys are not following him on Twitch go over to twitch.tv forward slash crown jewel BC and then also follow him on Twitter at real Chase Owens to give him a birthday shout out when we get to March 7th so just to reiterate if you guys want to join the Jay White Q&A on his Twitch channel, you do have to be a subscriber. My guess would be to deter trolls and, you know, make sure that you have your question asked and you get an answer back. So just make sure that you are subscribed on that day so that way you could have fun with the rest of the community Chase really does have a really good community and they're all cool peeps. I've been in his streams multiple times and they're fun. We have some fun conversations. Aside from uh, Twitch and the Jay white q and A, I I did not notice that the polls for the strap match had already been done. And it seems that Yano has won his stipulation of the strap match. And I would just go... Boo. Like, why can't we just have a regular strap match? Why does it have to be a Yano, Texas strap match where, according to Yano, you have to take off all the turnbuckles in the ring just to win the match? Like, again, Yano, that is way too much work. Way too much work. But it's cool. You know, ever since we've been giving subs to Chase, Chase is going to make good on his promise to whip Yano based on the amount of subs that he has. So... I guess that's a win-win for us and a lose-lose for him. This Yano Texas Strap match is also for the Kana Pro Wrestling uh, Championship title. So Chase Owens has been on the chase, all puns intended, to try to get this championship off of Yano because Chase believes that he deserves it. And we'll see what happens come night one in Osaka for Castle Attack. We'll see who comes out on top. Most likely. Chase will come out on top. Bullet Club will come out on top because at that last Road to Castle Attack series tour, oh man, were there some twists and turns in there that I was not expecting. But again, before I jump into that, one last little New Japan Pro Wrestling news. It was stated on the NJPW Global official Twitter account that the partnership between New Japan Pro Wrestling and CMLL is definitely strong and is definitely going to continue way into the future, which is a good thing. There goes another partnership for professional wrestling, and luckily they have agreed to stay on terms and just provide more wrestling content and even provide even excursion deals and stuff like that so that's a very good power play for everyone involved see wrestling is at an all-time great right now we need to stop really being negative about it unless we have some facts to drop behind why we're negative about something if you want to label it as negative and also one other thing too i want to shout out stefan from at view underscore raw. He invited me on his podcast to talk about professional wrestling, to do a recap of NXT, to do a recap of all elite wrestling. And eventually we will be talking about new Japan pro wrestling, where I will just teach him the stuff that I know about new Japan pro wrestling and hopefully get him to be on board with bullet club because being on board with bullet club is way too sweet. All right. I think I have stalled enough. That's all the New Japan Pro Wrestling news I have. That's all the housekeeping news I have. And here we go. This is going to be a spoiler for people. And this is way in the beginning of this podcast. But Bullet Club had a series of matches on the last Road to Castle Attack tour. And... Every one of them lost. So when I was watching the show to take down my notes so I could give you guys the best podcast in the world, the Square Circle podcast, I even had to go back and rewatch certain matches on that particular show to make sure that I was in the right time zone. I was in the right mind frame. I was in the right universe. And this isn't a parallel universe where bullet club members lose to their respective rivals that they've been rival that they've been feuding with for the past month like I totally get the other losses that happened during the tour but this one this one particular night just shifted all of the stories and shifted all the momentums and Now I have to go back and kind of realize that maybe, maybe Chaos has figured out Bullet Club. Maybe come Castle Attack Night 1, maybe the Gorillas of Destiny might be losing. Maybe not. But If the Guerrillas of Destiny happen to lose both their respective singles matches come night one of Castle Attack, they're definitely not losing the IWGP heavyweight tag team champions come night two of Castle Attack. I can't have that because right now the junior heavyweight tag team champions who was El Fantasmo and Ishimori lost their belts to Desperado and yoshinobu of Suzuki gun it was a fantastic match it was a fantastic main event for the last road to castle attack tour episode it was amazing it's just again miscommunication that happened within the match where yoshinobu caught el phantasmo's kick redirected to ishimori And that knocked him out cold because the sudden death kick knocks anybody out cold. Like you're not getting enough from it. Then Desperado does his finisher, which is the Pinche Loco, which is a lifting, spinning, sit out, double underhook face buster that he does to and already knocked out Ishimori and picks up the one, two, three. Wow. Yoshinobu holds on to El Fantasmo. And now, Desperado and Yoshinobu of Suzuki Gun are the new IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champions. I was in total shock. I couldn't believe that El Fantasmo and Ishimori were going to drop the Tag Team Championships to two members of Suzuki Gun that decided to make their mark after Hiromu got injured and Hiromu and Bushi couldn't compete to have that match. So in replacement, it was Desperado and Yoshinobu of Suzuki Gun. Now at the end of the match, it got interesting. Hiromu at the top of the show relinquished the IWGP junior heavyweight championship it is now vacant and El Fantasma has a really good case to fight for it so does Bushi Hiromu called Bushi and told him specifically that he would want him to fight for it as well and then Desperado wants to throw himself into that match and we're going to have a triple threat match come Castle Attack Night 2, which is going to be El Phantasmo taking on Bushi and El Desperado. And this is going to be a phenomenal triple threat match. All three of these athletes are amazing in the ring, and they're also amazing outside the ring. And the one that I want to win the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship title is obviously going to be El Fantasmo. To bring more gold back into the Bullet Club to gain something back now that they lost the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championships. We'll see what happens come Castle Attack Night 2. I do know that El Desperado and Yoshinobu are a really good tag team. They put on one hell of a match against El Phantasmo and Ishimori. They're both great as a tag team as well. I just couldn't believe that the titles were dropped. So that makes you kind of wonder if Hiromu did not get injured and we would still have our scheduled Hiromu and Bushi versus El Fantasmo and Ishimori. Would they still have dropped the title belts to Hiromu and Bushi? It's a really interesting booking dynamic that New Japan Pro Wrestling has right now. And the fact that Hiromu is injured, it makes everyone that much hungry for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship title. Because these three guys really want to prove their worth and become the new face of the junior division and rule it, basically. Hiromu is definitely the face of the junior division and I was enjoying his matches and then to hear that he got injured and needs 6 to 12 months to heal his injury kind of sucks. I was looking forward to all of his great matches that were coming up, but mistakes happen. It's the business You got to do things to move the business along. Meaning if that has to be relinquishing your title, you know, you do that. And then come Castle Attack, Bullet Club will be victorious. So that's one of the losses for that night of Road to Castle Attack. The second loss was actually this tag match that had bullet club versus chaos on one side of bullet club you had chase evil and dick togo on chaos you had okada show and yano and this was the shortest match that I've seen on this whole entire tour and I didn't understand why it was so short. It felt like if you blinked you missed everything. So for those of you that were watching on newjapanworld.com which you guys should definitely get a subscription to so that way you guys can follow along with my notes and the play-by-play and if you did happen to blink during this match well... I got you covered i have my notes so we start off with an automatic bullet club attacking chaos and then individual members going after their rival members so chase was going after yano togo was going after show eva was going after okada after a while the match does come back into the ring where we have chase taking off the turnbuckle pad and then both chase and togo were attacking yano Chase and Togo throw Yano into the exposed turnbuckle. Then after that, they both throw Yano into the ropes. However, Yano holds on to the top rope. And as Chase does a charge towards Yano, Yano pulls down that top rope for Chase to go over on the outside. Yano ducks a strike from Togo and pushes Togo into Sho, who came into the ring. And Sho hits Togo with a high jumping knee. And this allows Yano to get a roll-up on Dick Togo. And it's one, two, three, and Chaos wins. What? What just happened? And then we have our post-match beatdown, which is Chase choking Yano. And then Yano throws Chase into the corner, but Chase escapes and he's on the outside. You have Evil attacking Okada on the other side. And then there's this huge fight between Evil and Okada. And Every member of Bullet Club and Chaos and even the Young Lions are there trying to separate evil and Okada and they do. And everybody goes back to their respective backstage locker rooms and proceeds to give their backstage comments on the match and what happened. And this match was so short that it felt off. It really felt off. Now, because Yana rolled up Dick Togo, This really does not do anything for anyone's momentum heading into Castle Attack. We're still going to have Chase versus Yano in this Yano-Texas Strap match. Neither one of them have an edge over each other. They're basically on equal grounds at this point when it comes to the storytelling for this feud. Now, when it comes to Okada versus Evil come castle attack night one evil has the advantage over okada okada needs to dig down deep inside and find that okada of the past in order to get a victory over evil right now evil has dick togo in his corner and he has bullet club behind him and bullet club does a lot of dirty tactics bullet club works as a unit and bullet club basically destroys everyone in their path and they manipulate the rules to their advantage. And they're really great at doing it. Okada is still that baby face that accepts sportsmanship over cheating. And I totally get it. I totally respect it. But at this point you and evil have been feuding for the entire month. Evil has been telling you that you are no longer the face of new Japan pro wrestling and that you are a punk at this point. Okada really does need to dig deep down inside in order to defeat evil. We've all seen that evil has no problem being evil with all pun intended for his name. So, okada just needs to be one step ahead of evil maybe when come castle attack have dick togo do something when the referee sees it and throws out dick togo because i do have a feeling that come castle attack night one and night two whichever referees are involved in the bullet club matches they are most likely going to throw out whoever is at ringside just so that way there can be an even playing field and i think that's going to happen come night one and night two a castle attack if you are affiliated with bullet club so that means gato Jado, dick togo they're going to probably be thrown out and head to the back just because the referees have had enough of the bullet club tactics And I just make that my prediction as that's what's going to happen. So aside from that loss early on on the show, we have another loss. And usually the six man tag match has always been great throughout this whole entire tour. So we have again Bullet Club versus Chaos and all three members are going to meet each other night one and night two of Castle Attack. So on the Bullet Club side we have Tama Tonga, Tangaloa, Jay White taking on Ishii, Yoshihashi and Godo. This was another quick match and again guys If you blinked, you missed it. Well, I got you covered. Yoshihashi and Tungaloa start the match off with a lockup. Loa pushes Yoshi into the corner and starts with some open palm strikes to Yoshi's midsection. Tama then comes in to attack Goto. He knocks him off the apron. Loa and Tama then double team on Yoshihashi. Tama comes in with a European uppercut to Yoshihashi in the corner. However, Yoshi sidesteps and does a drop kick to Loa. Goto comes in and attacks Tama. Goto with a kick and then an arm throw, which brings Tama down to the mat. This allows for Yoshi to leap over Goto's back to give Tama a one foot stomp onto his chest. Goto then does a kick to the back of Tama. Yoshi comes in with a side kick as well. Goto and Yoshi now do a double shoulder tackle to Loa and Goto helps Yoshi with the assisted hip toss onto Loa. Now that spot looked kind of awkward because it looked like Loa got the knees up. However, it also looked like Yoshi landed on Tama's knee and that could have caused maybe a slight injury even though no injuries were confirmed i'm just saying that how the move looked and how it was executed it could have caused an injury Jado then decides to trip yoshi yoshi comes back with strikes to loa and loa sends yoshi into the ropes only for yoshi to sidestep and baseball slide into Jotto taking him out jay white is right there and he pulls yoshi to the outside and further attacks him ishi tries charging at jay but tama stops him lower kicks out goto jay sends yoshi into the barricade jay then rakes the eyes of ishi as tama holds him yoshi is in the bullet club corner once we get all that chaos no pun intended Controlled outside of the ring. Now the action is back in the ring. Loa comes in with a running power slam on Yoshi. And then Loa decides to tag in Jay. As Loa holds Yoshi, Jay begins to kick and punch Yoshi's midsection. Ishii rushes in with a chair. Jay and... Tama and Loa run out of the ring and as the referee gets that little mini situation under control Jay White just comes right back in and charges at Ishii and knocks him off the apron Loa and Tama attack Yoshi Jay White does a neck breaker to Yoshi then he does a snap mirror into a headlock and applies a bridge to further the strength of the headlock Yoshi tries for some offense, but Jay backs him up into the corner and proceeds to do shoulder blocks into Yoshi's midsection. Then Tama is tagged in. Some more shots to Yoshi. Jay is tagged back in by Tama. Jay White begins to drive his knee into Yoshi's back, and then Yoshi manages to come to a vertical base, does a spinning heel kick to Jay. And that allows Yoshi to tag in Ishii. Now, Ishii has been pretty upset this whole entire match. And his anger started at the beginning when Jay White came back on February 1st and attacked Ishii from behind. And started this whole feud for a month. But in this particular episode of the Road to Castle attack tour ishii's anger has been on a very short fuse an extreme short fuse and this is where storytelling is key ladies and gentlemen you watch new japan pro wrestling for the extensive and magnifying attention to details during the whole entire tour ishii's anger has been getting shorter and shorter and shorter after every single match he has with jay white this particular night is extremely short and his anger is getting the best of him. So what happens between Ishii and Jay White when they go head to head in this match, Jay, ducks, the clothesline attempts from Ishii goes to the outside, but is met by Godo. So he's on the wrong side. He's usually on the right side of the ring, meaning that he's more in tune to his bullet club brethren. But this time he misjudged that. So Goto gives Jay some shots and then throws him back into the ring jay decides to deliver a forearm and knee shots and that really doesn't phase ishi at all so ishi throws jay into the ropes jay tries for a shoulder tackle ishi isn't budging at all jay tries for a kick a european uppercut and ishi decides to throw jay into the corner and as jay sidesteps he also throws ishi back into the other corner and then he tries for some forearms and kicks until Ishi decides to send Jay into the ropes for an attempted clothesline. But Jay White holds on to the ropes and decides to roll out. At that moment, Ishii's speed increased. Ishii met Jay at the exact same moment Jay got onto the outside. I believe that the angrier Ishii gets, his speed also increases and... His armor also increases. His defense also increases. Ishi is the final mini boss that JY has to overcome. And take out so that way he can realize his destino and just seeing how quick Ishii can really be was a little frightening. So both men roll back into the ring and Jay White thinks it's a good idea to chop Ishii. He chops Ishii and Ishii is like a stone wall. That's why they call him a stone pit bull. That chop from Jay White meant nothing. Ishii then delivers one powerful forearm that knocks Jay White down to the mat ishii then goes for a brain buster but jay escapes and tags in tama tama comes in to try to stop ishii from going right after jay tama does however ishii gives tama a suplex and then ishii decides to tag in goto at this point it is goto taking out loa strikes the tama And then Goto and Tama are using the misdirection tactic. So each of them are running the ropes and trying to get one up on each other until Loa trips Goto. And at the same time, Tama comes in with a low dropkick to Goto's head. Jay then takes out Yoshi and Ishii. And now we have Goto in the Bullet Club corner. And this is where Bullet Club can get dangerous. Jay does a running European uppercut. Tama does two punches to the gut on Goto, and Loa finishes off Goto with a clothesline. Loa goes for the cover. Goto kicks out at two. Yoshi comes in with an attack. Jay White tries for a sleeper suplex on Ishii, but Ishii reverses it, and that allows Gato to distract Ishii. Jay then rolls out. Tama misses his punch. Ishii pushes Tama into Goto, but Tama escapes Goto's fireman's carry only to have Goto sidestep Tama's oncoming attack. So that way Yoshihashi can kick Tama, weaken him, and Goto can do the Yoshiguroshi on Tama with the assisted kick from Yoshi. And then Ishii comes in off the ropes with a short arm clothesline to Tama and Yoshi comes in with some double knees. And Yoshi and Godo do their GTW finisher, which is a fireman's carry into a headlock elbow drop. And this allows Goto to pick up the victory over Tama. And this gives Chaos one hell of a boost coming into Castle Attack night one and possibly night two which I'm a little concerned about. But Chaos does pick up the victory and they got the win over Tama Tonga. This bothers the psyche of both Tama and Loa. In their backstage comments, Loa said it best that the championships were not on the line. So this loss does not count against Chaos. And the same thing with Tama, Tama was very upset and he knows that come Castle attack for their singles match him against Godot that he's not going to be taken by surprise and he's also going to defeat Godot. Loa is going to hurt Yoshihashi. So that way for night two, a castle attack, that tag team match does not happen. And both of them will make sure that Goto and Yoshi do not take those belts from them. This whole entire podcast has been me trying to get behind the idea that G.O.D. is not in trouble. Because having had Yoshi have a victory over Loa when came the new beginning, and then now Goto has a victory over Tama this past Road to Castle Attack episode, the momentum in the stories have now shifted. These guys have given Yoshi and Goto an edge, an advantage. And you know that for a fact... It bothers the grill as a destiny. But right now, Yoshi and Goto know that there is a chance that they have a chance to dethrone G.O.D. And I'm not sure if I'm ready for that. I'm not sure if I'm ready for G.O.D. to be dethroned from their tag team championships. Just in the month of me watching back to back matches, of G-O-D, whether they're tagging with Jay White or they're tagging with Evil or they're doing anything on their own. They work their asses off and you can see that they do. You can tell in their work ethic that they are an amazing team. Their chemistry is on point. They know what it's like to be a really good tag team. And, you know, to see all that effort and then all of a sudden, that one night, you have an off night. The other team that you've been trying to convince the fans that they don't have it. Which, honestly, as a tag team, Yoshi and Goto do have it. That's why they are the six-man, never-open-weight tag team champions. However, they never got the big one together, which is the heavyweight tag team championships. And I could understand why. G.O.D. will play up the fact that Yoshi and Goto are just not ready and they shouldn't be dethroning G.O.D. because of putting themselves in their own box. You see, every single wrestler comes into this business and there is a box for them. This box is basically the most basic fundamental thing you could think of. And it's a metaphor. I'm using it as a metaphor. It's not an actual thing. It's a metaphor. So follow me with this. In this metaphorical box, you have your fundamentals, you have your wrestling ability, you have your in-ring ability, your promo ability, you have everything that you need to survive in the world of professional wrestling. And these are just the basics. You don't have anything special. You don't have anything exclusive. The moment that you want to put anything exclusive into that box... The moment you want to put anything of value and memories and great career talking points is the day that you break out of that box and become your own man and show the world why they should be talking about you 24 seven. There are only a few in this business that do it. Basically, Bullet Club has done it. We keep talking about Bullet Club. We keep talking about G.O.D. We definitely talk about Jay White on this podcast almost all the time. And then also when I talk about AEW, we're still talking about Kenny Omega. We're still talking about the Young Bucks. We're talking about the Good Brothers who are over at Impact. These guys took the tools within their box, within this metaphorical box, and decided to break it. So that way they can achieve their own greatness and achieve their own legacies. So we could continue to talk about professional wrestling down the line. Think of it as that age old saying of breaking through the glass ceiling. Tama Tonga mentioned it before on his backstage comments saying that Yoshihashi doesn't have what it takes to become a champion to dethrone G.O.D. with his partner Godo. And Tama is 100% Right. Because at first, I was going to give Yoshihashi the benefit of the doubt that he does have the skill to try to maybe dethrone G.O.D. with Godot. But after researching, I just can't. There's not much for me to go on it. He doesn't have as many accolades as anyone else in the business. So I don't really know what to expect. I do know that in the ring, he's really good, but he does not have what it takes to dethrone Loa in his singles match come Castle Attack Night One and also to try to dethrone GOD in that tag match come night two a castle attack. So right now it is back to the drawing board for God to make sure that come Castle Attack Night 1 when Tungaloa takes on Yoshihashi and when Tamatanga takes on Godo in their respective matches, that they both have the advantage over them to defeat them. And then when night two comes around for their tag team match, that GOD retains their IWGP heavyweight tag team championships. They work too hard to allow two members of chaos that no one really cares about unless they're feuding with GOD bullet club and Jay white to get the belts over to that side. It would be a very, surprise in the turn of events and then we'll have the chase and then maybe all the gold can come to bullet club once they re-challenge for the six-man never openweight tag team championships i don't know i don't want to jinx the bullet club in losing more gold come castle attack aside from god let's switch over to jay White. During that match, of course, we had a post match beatdown. Jay White is taunting Ishii so bad. Jay White loves using the barricade to his advantage. So that way, if Ishii does cross over, he will be breaking a rule that Japan does not want these wrestlers to be breaking, especially with the strictness that New Japan has based on the times that we're living in. It wasn't a huge post-match beat down between the two eventually jay white went to the back so did ishii but you could tell that ishii was not satisfied come night one of castle attack ishii will definitely have a one-on-one match with jay white now for jay white's backstage comments he found yuya his most handsome model that he had last time and Yuya is now modeling the new Bullet Club Rio-era merchandise that they have. And I need myself a shirt. Just throwing it out there. I need one. And aside from having Yuya there, again, J.Y. just reiterates that he finally has a one-on-one match with Ishii. And this is going to be the final thing between the two. And whatever happens, happens. Most likely... I'm going to say it right here that Jay White does become victorious against Ishii. All this hard work into the storytelling for a month with substance. Not many other companies can do this. This is why I appreciate the storytelling that Jay White does. It is very great and I look at it from a writer's perspective and that's why I've fallen so deeply in love with wanting to know how the story is going to progress. Like I said in previous podcast episodes, J.Y. and Ishii are really special when they get into the ring. And even for like the backstage comments. And even if I don't know Japanese 100%, you know, I turn on the closed captioning so I can at least understand some of it. And these guys do move the story along. And it's just a really great dynamic between the two. And J.Y. is completely correct in that stars are being built off of him and everybody just wants a piece of Jay White and the cool thing about Jay White is that he also bothers the young boys and we get to know their name too so Jay White does an excellent job of I guess letting the world know who everyone is including himself and come Castle Attack Night 1 there is no doubt in my mind that he will be losing he will be winning his match against Ishii. The only strategical plan I would say he would need to do is try to use Ishii's anger to his advantage. However, that might backfire because if JY gets a little too cocky in that match by trying to go the anger route against Ishii, Ishii's going to find a way to break through Jay White's armor. And once that small window of opportunity is there, ishi is not gonna let up on his power. It would be stupid for Jay White to go pound for pound for pound with ishi because ishi is a little bit stronger. Jay White has the speed advantage over ishi however, it may only be for a little bit because in this match, ishi's speed increased when he got like super angry. I would also suggest that Jay White tries to tire out Ishii and to work on a body part. If he works on Ishii's legs, it will be harder for Ishii to move around as fast or even try to do the brain buster attempts or even just try to do normal wrestling moves. On Jay White, and then Jay can also come in with working on Ishii's midsection the same way that he worked on Kota Ibushi's midsection back in Wrestle Kingdom 15 and make the correlation there that because Jay White lost to Kota Ibushi, and because that was Ishii's fault from the very beginning of everything, Jay White can use that as his motivation to defeat Ishii. And just having the back of his mind that one day he will do the same thing to Kota Ibushi, that he will break Kota Ibushi down and finally realize that he's the true God with a lowercase g. And reign supreme over New Japan Pro Wrestling. Because remember, we are working towards the goal of Jay White becoming a double champion. Because I really do not want Kota Ibushi to unify both titles. That's stupid. If you guys want to go back to my previous podcast episode, I explained why that's a stupid idea. And I hope that Naito can at least take one belt off of Ibushi so that we can have two titles. And then we can have all these different storylines with J-Y, white with evil with bullet club with lij with anyone else you know new japan pro wrestling is the land of professional wrestling where everybody wants something everybody wants a championship and the moment that you start decreasing your championships then what's the point so I would think that it would be wise and smart for Jade to attack the legs, the midsection, so that way Ishii can have a harder time breathing and he can't move around as fast. Sure, he'll probably get more angrier as the match continues, but it would be more in the favor of Switchblade. Switchblade is always one step ahead of these guys, and I totally get it, but sometimes that little chip on his shoulder that makes him so good sometimes gets in the way. And even if Gato is going to come into the match at one point and distract Ishii and do everything Bullet Club is known to do. There has to be a time where Jay White needs to trust within himself and make sure that the knowledge that he knows can definitely give him the one, two, three. Now, there's also another thing I want to touch on too. This whole entire Road to Castle Attack tour, including the New Beginning tour, jay white has been super protected within the bullet club and this isn't like a knock or anything like that like i understand it plays up into his character and i love it i feed into it and i get it but it just dawned on me after i saw that match at the last road to castle attack episode that no one has pinned jay white for the one two three people have pinned jay white to get at least a two count. But then Jay White smartly rolls out or tags someone in and takes a breather. So he's always one step ahead while the rest of his family members in the Bullet Club takes care of business. And he's the one on the outside orchestrating everything that we talk about on this podcast, which is a very good tactic. By doing that, jay white is weaving his wonderful story of the real era of bullet club while the other members of bullet club have their own side stories jay white is the central one and imagine if jay white happened to get a loss on his record That would just throw everything off. All the hard work that he's been doing, all the words that he's been throwing out there for the backstage comments, which ring true because Jay White tells you exactly what he's doing. So if he's going to tell you that he's going to win a match, he wins a match. Or if someone else is going to win the match for him, he'll probably just tell you what he's going to do to the opponent. And that's what happens. Every time he speaks, it comes true. Even if there are times in his past where he has slipped up, but he still comes back strong and rights the wrongs that has been dealt his way in his career. I just thought it was an interesting tidbit that throughout this whole entire tour, he has not been pinned for a victory at all. He has been very well protected within bullet club. And this is why bullet club is such a family. The other members of bullet club can take the fall once in a while, depending on, If they're having a bad day and they happen to get the loss for the match, it happens. They all move on. They all take accountability for it. And then they come back the next time a little bit more stronger, a little bit more smarter. And this is why Bullet Club has been around for so long, even if they have changing members. But the main thought pattern is we're a family, we're a brotherhood. We're going to have each other's backs. And whatever happens, happens. We move forward and we learn from it. And that's what this real era of Bullet Club has been doing for a good while. They've been working as a cohesive unit and protecting each and every one of themselves and then protecting the main asset, which is Jay White. So that basically means that when it comes night one of Castle Attack, Jay White will be out there with Gato, but he'll be out there by himself one-on-one against Ishii to prove to Ishii that he can definitely take him out and continue on his way to his destino of becoming God with a lower case G and dethrone Kota Ibushi. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that has been my long analysis of the last road to castle attack tour episode it has been a wonderful ride to talk about jay white matches god matches evil matches even chaos matches and everything else that new japan pro wrestling has been giving us and of course, ladies and gentlemen, I cannot forget today is February 26th. That means that it is going to be John Moxley versus Kenta for the IWGP United States Championship title. And the only thing I'm going to say about that very quickly is that Kenta is going to take the IWGP United States Championship off of John Moxley tonight at the New Beginning on NewJapanWorld.com. I will have a podcast episode dedicated to that match specifically And hopefully you guys will enjoy that. Just like I hope that you guys enjoyed this long episode of me talking about how the Bullet Club lost all their respective matches right before Castle Attack night one and night two happens. This coming weekend. And if you guys did enjoy this episode, just know that there will be a video format and an audio format. If you guys love YouTube, search up squared circle podcast. I currently have 62 subscribers. I need. 38 more to get that special URL. So I could tell you to head over to youtube.com forward slash square circle podcast. If you guys just want to hear the audio version on the go, the square circle podcast is available on anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere that you get your podcast from. But if you want the main link, it is anchor.fm forward slash square circle podcast the cool thing about anchor is that it does host my podcast episodes and if you guys have any thoughts at all about this podcast and the previous podcast episodes all pertaining to new japan pro wrestling or just wrestling in general anchor has a awesome feature called voice message which is basically you leaving me a voice message of your thoughts and your comments and I'll listen to it and I'll play it on the podcast. And if I have an opinion, I'll let you know about it. So you can also leave me a voice message via Anchor as well. If you guys are also on Twitter, I am very active on Twitter. I love talking about professional wrestling. You can follow me and talk to me on Twitter at Marie underscore Shadows. You guys can also take it a step further and join my newsletter community that has my wrestling articles up on there. It will soon get updated. Trust me, it will. So head over to theringcrew.substack.com. And also, if you are in a supporting mood, head over to at view underscore raw Stefan and I talked about AEW and NXT. He also has a YouTube channel as well where he invites other guests on there to talk about wrestling. I happen to be one of them. It was a blast. Soon we're going to be talking about New Japan Pro Wrestling, which I'm excited for. So all the links will be down in the description on the video format and audio format. Just remember that your support means everything, even if it's the smallest of gestures, like... Thank yous and shares and likes and anything like that. We all appreciate it from the bottom of our hearts. Content creation is not the most easiest thing in the world, but I love talking about professional wrestling. Professional wrestling is my super passion. And I hope that each of my podcast episodes bring some type of value into your life when you watch New Japan Pro Wrestling or you just watch wrestling in general. All right, guys, you have been listening to an episode of the Square Circle podcast. I am your host, Marie Shadows, and I'll see you guys on the next one.